All right, we're back for round two with my dear friend Christopher Gerard. Gerard, welcome back to the show, bud. Thanks for having me again, Chase. Excited to dive in. Well, that doesn't sound very excited. I'm just not. I'm, I'm going to be. No. <laughs> Do I need to take it out? Oh, I need to get internet internet excited. I, this is going to be a great show. I'm so excited to be here with my dear friend, Chase Jarvis. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, for those of you who missed our last episode together, um, Gerard and I, longtime friends, co-conspirators, collaborators. Uh, we've worked together. We've played a lot together. Uh, and the goal here is that uh, we're kind of co-hosting this show with the goal of unpacking some of the things that are on our mind. Most of the um, – when I solicit feedback on what you guys want to see more of in the show, uh, it tends to be things that I'm, hey, Chase, what are you actually working on? What are you thinking about or what trends are you paying attention to following? And I thought a very useful way of unpacking that stuff is to have one of my dear friends and co collaborators whom with whom I share a lot of experience with. Uh, we, we have very similar brains and we think and talk about a lot of the same stuff uh, on the show so that we could do it. Um, so let's start out with you, my friend. We, you know, we just brainstormed a little list of the things that are actually touching us, our personal lives, our professional lives. Uh, we have a, a long list, a list of probably a lot more than we can get through in today's show, which will be you know, somewhere in the 60 to 90 minute range. Uh, but let's dive in and I'm going to call it dealer's choice. You pick where we start today's episode off. Hmm. Well, I think for better or worse, I, in the space that I'm not focused on my day job and my family and all those things, right? I, I tend to, my, my head is moving towards this unstoppable force of artificial intelligence, almost in like this feeling of pressure way. Mm. I don't know if you're feeling that, but mm. like, oh my gosh, like this is, it's tectonic. It's happening incredibly quickly. I think that's part of the pressure from it is everything I listen to and read is like, this is the fastest like change in technology in the history of the world, right? So I'm not, I will just admit that I am not one, as we talked about last time, like I am in no way, I wouldn't even say I'm really very good at the hobby of it right now. Like I, I feel like I need to bone up a lot more, yeah. but I am paying attention a little bit. And uh, so I think AI as how people in the creative spaces, photographers, writers, filmmakers how are we seeing them use it i'd love to hear that from you too like Great. what what do you i yeah. mean i know you guys are using it for the show which yeah I, yeah you know um which i'd love to hear actually like tactically about i think that's sure. really interesting to share sure um and then i work for outside you know interactive which is the home of all of these great historic outdoor brands like outside magazine and ski magazine and backpacker and yoga journal and all these things that we love about the outdoors. Fundamentally we're a content company that is moving into the future, trying to create a product that really gets people outside. Yeah. How I think about media <laughs> and this coming of AI, you know, frankly is like, it's again, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like all of it's comfortable right now. Yeah. It is like almost an uncomfortable uh, oscillation between 
this is really cool. Yes. I can use it for things. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like this is terrifying. Actually the birth. As, yeah. Like <laughs> we got that. I don't know if you read that email from Andy he sent last night, but it was like, you know, our friend Andy Patrick sent us an email about like, this is actually a new species that we're creating. Pretty right? fascinating. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And a, a new species like that gets sci-fi weird. Like, <laughs> you know, our, you know, that's where you start to get anxiety about it. And then just for professionally, there's a little bit of, of pressure, I would say to like, man, you got to figure out how to, people are doing some really cool stuff with it to make their products better, to make their people more efficient. Yep. Um, so that, that's where I, some of my headspace sure. has well, been. Well, let's, let's, um, let's start yeah. there. Let's start there. And to be fair, we talked a lot about it in the last episode and why I think it's relevant to uh, open it up to that again this episode is because in literally just four weeks since we last recorded, so much has changed, right? There's a whole new version of ChatGPT that's out. And when we're talking about ChatGPT, just for if you have uh, – not been paying attention to the internet. It's basically an AI tool that has the internet at its fingertips. It passes, you know, the legal bar for or the 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 bar. It passes the medical exams. It can basically do all these very intelligent things. And you can, through prompting it, it gives you back a bunch of information as if it was a hyper intelligent uh, human that had all sorts of resources at its fingertips. And it does so basically instantaneously. Um, it is the fastest growing application of all time. It has outpaced Facebook, Netflix, uh, whatever you name it by leaps and bounds. 1 million users in five days and 100 million users by January. And I forget when it came out. So um, a billion visits by February and 1.6 billion visits by March. So you can see it's rapidly accelerating even the already meteoric rise that it has experienced. So it's, um, I will also share that what we, how we use it here in the show is we, well, actually I, I, we had NASA who is our technical director of the show. She's runs in the background of every episode you've listened to. Um, and she shared last time what we were doing with AI specifically chat GPT, but some other AIs as well. And we should refer to them as plurals because they are um, different machines and they are trained differently and they perform different functions. So we are using several different AIs um, in the background of the show. And since Nasa, you made an appearance in the last show, maybe you could chime in here and say, in the last month, what have you added to how we use AI on this show? And with the goal of helping people who are independent creators think more interestingly about how they can use this essentially unlimited intern to help them in their job or, or their creative pursuits. So lay it on us. What has changed in the last 30 days with how we use AIs? Well, um, I think one of the interesting things is it's innovating so quickly that they're, you know, you're just constantly on the lookout for new tools and, one of the kind of exciting things for me as a creator is to look for ways where I can accelerate things that have um, in the past taken a lot of time. So a recent change is there's a new tool out um, and more on the horizon that are letting us look at um, previous episodes yeah. and identify clips 
and it will like you just literally um enter in a like let's say YouTube URL and it will identify like highest um virality chance for certain clips it's basically just identifying really great quotes cutting them for you it'll even like jump cut it like kind of gets rid of the you know the things that aren't auxiliary and not really needed in the clips so i mean it's basically what would take you hours is now taking like 10 minutes yeah and by hours we're talking yeah by hours we're talking about to look back at a previous episode, say yours truly and Brene Brown, you'd have to go, okay, cool. I'm going to go pull this up. I'm going to watch an hour of video. I'm going to write down all the time codes where interesting stuff is said. And then I'm going to go to a video editor and I'm going to import that video and I'm going to chop it up. We're talking tens of hours. And right now you can feed that URL. And this is what we're doing going back to some of these past episodes, which again, we're a lean crew here now that the show, I've you know pulled it back out of Creative Life since I'm no longer with the company that I bought and built or, or built and sold. And now it's a small lean team. So what historically would take, again, tens of hours, we're now plugging URL in, going to these, you know, to the back catalog where these amazing episodes that have barely seen the light of day or that it was a long time ago or that we didn't fully get the benefit of that show in small lightweight ways out to our audience we're now able to do that in as you said like 10 minutes i just i remember texting with you on the weekend like oh my god you just sent me a bunch of cool stuff i said how long did that take you and you said 10 minutes and it was just right absolutely there was like 15 you plugged in a url and it how many did it, it gave us the top it's, 15 yes, videos 15 cuts. the top mm-hmm. top 15 one minute cuts in 10 minutes and what's the name of that what's the name of the the ai it's called Opus. 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 Opus.ai. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you, so you have a tech stack, Jason NASA, that you're using, like Opus is part of it. What are the other? Are you using ChatGPT? Are you using? ChatGPT, we're using. Um, so I, I use Notion for a lot of note taking. And what I really love about Notion is that they've integrated AI as well. Um, it's really cheap. It's like $10, $10 a month. Um, and so what I can do is I can just like enter the entire transcript of the show, which is also produced by AI using an app called Descript. And then I can ask it questions like, what were the, the main topics of this conversation? Um, generate, you know, 20 different quotes from the conversation. Um, create a summary of, of this. And, you know, it, there are times where it's like, you know, get, generate title ideas, generate, um, you know, visual prompts that I could put into create thumbnails that I might put into mid-journey. Um, so it's like, not only am I not even thinking about the, the prompts to put into like to generate thumbnails, like AI is generating for that for me. Uh, so I basically have a template within this program notion that for every episode I can ask these, these questions. Um, and so what I used to do over hours is now just taking me, you know, minutes, literally minutes. So, yeah. In, so, in a way, the, to your question, Gerard, there is a tech stack, but that tech stack also has evolved in the past 30 days. Like there's so much new stuff. And I think this is part of your opening salvo. Like, wow, this is interesting. Wow. Nothing has that, that we've seen has been has grown this fast, changed this fast. And is this 
has this level of efficacy. It's like instantly effective. It's literally like having, you know, 10 more people working on the project as an example. So, yeah. And what the, are you spending? If, if what you, you mentioned, Oh, less than a hundred dollars, like $10 a month. Yeah. yeah but, like but, what's the total cost of, of that? Just say, cause I think that's really demonstrative yeah. of like the, the pulling the friction out of like, I mean, you could go hire a really smart intern from Stanford and they could crush it for you, but you would be paying them more than a hundred dollars a month, <laughs> likely. Um, you have to legally now. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, we're, what's the, uh, what's the, you know, sort of cost benefit there. You said hours to minutes at what cost? Yeah. So chat GPT has a free version. Um, you can, if you are interested in using the latest models, which are um, currently chat GPT four, you can pay a subscription. That's $20 a month, I believe. Um, Notion has it integrated. So I have a subscription to Notion just as my notes app. Some people use Evernote or whatever. And obviously I think, you know, these things are going to become more default into applications that you already have. So um, an add-on for Notion is at about $10 a month. Um, so I think like if you just use those two tools, um, you know, for, you know, free and $10 a month, I mean, that's that you're pretty solid right there. There's other ones like Jasper.ai is a very common one. It's pretty expensive. I want to say it's like 50 or $60 a month. Um, the one that I mentioned before um, it's called, actually, it's called Opus Clip. I just um, searched, there's opus.ai as well. Don't uh, don't get confused. Um, it's the Opus Clip, and that one is currently free. Um, but I do think that they're going to go to a paid model in but, May yeah. timeframe. Yeah. Um, mm. And and there's as many more. But I think like, yeah, so uh, you can go almost free currently um, or sub $50 a month, you know, like $10, $20 a month. And get pretty far, um, and then that's, you know you can go much further if you want. Yeah, and you can imagine that's that would be a, a reasonable hourly rate for a person that you would right. hire to do that. <laughs> so totally, you know, we're no, about, exactly. This is this this yes. is how this stuff scales is remarkable. And so there's two sides of this conversation I want to keep keep track of. Now, one is the oh my gosh, this podcast is for creators and entrepreneurs and people who are trying to live their dream life. And so what we're doing right now is we're sharing with you ideas and tools that you that can help you be more effective, more efficient um and, you know, focus on the stuff that probably makes you you, which I'm guessing is not internet research. Um you know, so you as the artist, as the creator, you're probably not your specialization is not those things that we just listed. So the hope is that this can help help you accelerate the things that you are the best at and that this can be working for you in the background. There is some investment in learning how to do that. NASA is obviously very ahead of the curve here and is incredibly talented and smart and hardworking on that aspect. However, or I would say not however, and there are some of you right now that are going, yeah, but I am an internet researcher or I am a writer <laughs> and, or in, in your case, Gerard, which is what I wanted to go to, like you work at a media company where you have hired writers. And so should people be afraid of sort of quote, losing their job to AI or is a, an, uh, a 
different viewpoint, one that how should I use AI to further my work and what are the ethics involved? Am I citing that I used these AIs to help me, you know, create these articles or whatnot? And I, I think it, we can't not, we can't ignore rather the fact that right now there's some someone who's listening going, oh shit, that's my job that I'm about to lose. So someone who's in media, how are you all yeah. thinking about it? Is it still moving too fast? Well, I, I'm, I'll just speak for myself on, from the standpoint of, and I think what's valuable, if I heard this podcast, what, what I'm trying to listen for and read for is, you know, what, that's why I'm asking these specifics, like, that's awesome. It's working. Like what are specifically the tools you're using? How much do they cost? I, you know, I've, I would say it's all about education right now. Some of the, you know, I would love to hear Chase, like, what are you listening to? What are you reading? You know, I've started to subscribe to some newsletters, like, and, and sites, right. That are AI specific, like AI news, um, you know, MIT technology review, AI weekly, you know, the, the headlines, for instance, on AI news right now are like Bill Gates says AI will be teaching kids literacy within 18 months, right? There's just like, there's a lot of information out there. And so I think getting a reading list, whether you're in media or you're a researcher, you know, trying to get educated, that's where I'm at right yeah, now. It's like, cool. I, I need to get, I need to understand the the sort of the playground yep, yep. and how to use the tools, you try to go in there and use them every day to mm -hmm. a certain degree to become literate. Yep. It's like, how, well, how do you become a photographer? Well, you know, play around with the camera first for a <laughs> while. Like yep. you don't just jump to, to that. And so as, as it relates to media, like what that does is starts to open up all these boxes of thinking where, okay, how can you use, use this to help create a better experience for the end customer? How can you internally and, there are media companies doing this already, you know, how can you internally um, quickly disseminate information when you're a media company like us, that's doing hundreds and hundreds of articles a day, right? How do you know what's working? Much like Nasa was just describing with being able to go in and pull the, the, the juicy parts out. What I want to know at running a media company is like, what article is the number one article today? And then how do I parse that and like amplify it more? AI can do that really quickly, right? And it can help the end customer um, in that way get a better product, right? Because we're giving the, the internet is giving us information and data on engagement, on views, on what people are actually looking at and responding to. Yep. And that can help inform the human part of, oh, well, we want to we wanna do more coverage on conservation or we want to do more coverage on this particular activity training, you know, uh, on Kelly and Juliet's book, right? Like yep. people are reacting or, you know, other topics that a human can certainly figure that out, but it, it is hours and hours of going yep. through Google analytics and all that. So I think that's, you know, we're to be clear, like we are not using AI in a institutional way right yep. now. Yep. Like we're certainly not using it to create content. We're not using it. I think that mostly it's probably being used individually by people here on the staff who are in the same learning curve. They're like, Oh my gosh, like I can accelerate how fast I can create this report for my boss. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people probably are using it sort of secretly yeah. <laughs> in that way. Like how can, how can I eliminate as Nasa was saying, like, I mean, going from hours to minutes, like that means you can, you know, either you can get ahead at your job or the work that you're doing for yourself or for your employer, or you can go spend more time outside and yeah. get a run yeah. or get a workout in or research or do more research on, on what's happening right now. So that's, that's how I'm personally thinking about it. I would love to hear what you're reading. Sure. You know, how have you stacked up the inputs for you to be able to, you know, not just have a interesting conversation about it, but actually put it into practice in your work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've shared how we put it into work for the show. Um, my, my personal angle is around the human beings who are the smartest and able to articulate very clearly where this is going. So I gravitate to people like Kevin Kelly, who's been a pioneer on the internet. You know, he, he wrote the seminal piece, A Thousand True Fans. Uh, he's a guest, multi-time guest on the show. I consider him a friend. He's He is basically um, – and actually, he was just on the show not too long ago. We did talk about this as a very specific topic. I like to reach out to him and ask the same questions of him that you are asking of me right now. So to mm-hmm. me, I go to my mm-hmm. friends. I go to my friends who are absolute leaders and pioneers in the space. And if you don't have those friends or they're not your friends, you can easily – hear them talk about this stuff with people like me on this show, or you can go back to the Kevin Kelly episode, which was just a couple months ago, for example. And so it's not like, you know, it's very democratized. There is a lot of information out there because people are talking about it a lot. So that was where I would, you know, steer people who are listening right now on the show is like, who are some of the internet pioneers and what are they talking about? How are they using it? You know, people like Kevin Rose, people like Kevin Kelly, um, Mm -hmm. there are, you know, it's very, there's a lot. So without, without, without listing a a, a bazillion resources there, that's my philosophy. Now, how am I, I'm actually using it in addition to NASA pioneering so much of the stuff that happens at the show here. um, I'm using these tools as many people know, and I've shared very overtly, I'm writing another book and the part of the book, you know, and, and it's, it's no secret that I have hired help to do this, like researchers and editors as a whole, you know, pile of people writing a book is not a solo mission that it's portrayed in the, in the movies where you walk into, you know, you walk out into the woods and you hole up in a little place and write a book and you come out with this piece of genius. There's tons of research and there's drafting. And, and so I use it specifically, um, and mostly chat GPT, to help me research, like help me understand some modern day examples that do a great job of highlighting collaboration over competition, for example. And, you know, give me historical examples, give me modern pop culture examples, and then it will say, cool, well, here is, you know, how the, um, the, the movement in Harlem in the 1930s with, you know, music and black African-Americans, how they integrated, you know, they would give me an example like that or give me another example like in the Harry Potter, in, in this most recent Harry Potter movie where blah, you know, so it'll give me like these huge wide ranging examples that highlight the topic that I'm interested in researching because one of the things that I want to do in writing a book is make it interesting, uh, make make the examples interesting. What I hate about creativity books historically is that they're all citing and Picasso said, you know, and, you know, it's just all these big canonical artists that we point to around 
creativity. And to me, that's just missing the point. You know, that's reinforcing these false beliefs about what creativity is. So if I can point to new interesting things like the women's, you know, voting in, in, you know, the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, if we can point to Harry Potter and, you know, Star Wars, <laughs> for example, is like, that's way more interesting. So that's the way that I'm specifically, I would say, mm. using it at this moment because I'm, you know, in mm -hmm. the throes of writing a book. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that, yeah. I feel like that answers your question, but. No, no, I, it does. I mean, because I think that's the, for the audience, I think that that's, like for some people, this is a obtuse, like I, they're just seeing it in headlines or whatever. For some people, they're way ahead of us, like the folks that you're talking to yeah. and some of the folks I'm trying to follow. And and then there's like just the regular people who there's some real simple things like you can use it in this way um, at this moment. And I think by using it at all right now, yep. you're putting yourself in a position to sort of understand what the next iterations are. And that will blow your mind with this. I don't know. You probably already heard this, but you know, the sort of auto GPT stuff that's starting to, I heard uh, on Sam Parr's podcast the other day, they were talking about the next step is like the to-do list app that does your to-do list, right? Like, so that you, you know, I, everyone that I know who's like busy and whatever, like you've got a to-do list. I actually am so old school. I like keep mine actually on like, I actually do a, a note card at the, at the beginning of the week. Right. Um, and just cause it's tactile or whatever, it's like, and some things on there like renew insurance, like, you know, just stuff I got to do. And so there's, I mean, imagine, and this is not a crazy thought at all is those note taping taking apps that NASA mentioned like Evernote. And I mean, notion. this is what they're talking about is like the notion and they, you know, there's, there's the whole remarkable now ecosystem. Like those have really accelerated, like taking written notes and putting them into form. You can see all your notes for it. They, those are like multi-billion dollar companies now. Right. Yep. And now imagine when your to-do list you connect it to the internet and your credit card and it buys your groceries. It, you know, renews your insurance. It orders a pizza for you with like, you know, I heard the Gary V said the other day with like, you know, gluten-free crust, you know, for your buddy that's over. I mean, it, 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 from an assistant standpoint, that is pretty mind blowing. It's, it's actually, we're not that far from oh. basic stuff like that happening. You know, and it is scary on the one hand too. You're like, well, wait, that's what I do for a living. My recommendation for myself first is, yeah, learn to use the tool because there will still be things that only humans and will still want oversight on things. Yeah. You want to have oversight on your to-do list, yeah. you know, um, but to, to turn hours into minutes or, or days into hours is, is um, that, that is, I mean, it's again, it's like this collision in, in me and I think a lot of people where it's just like this excitement about it. Yep. And at the same time, like what I'm in media, as we've noted a few times, like the creation of content and original content and the, the way search itself works right now, like we are in the business basically of page views, right? At yep. this stage. When you take something like ChatGPT and page views, that's why Google's so worried about this business, right? Like 
it becomes more of a sourcing, like you're now in a conversation with a platform versus what are the, what are the links I go to that then give me the information. And by going through that friction, you're, you're paying the media company, right? Cause an advertiser's like, Oh cool. We can see selling, how many people your attention. on that page. Yeah, they're selling your attention. Yeah, exactly. So, and now the attention just goes to a conversation like it eventually like an audio conversation with Alexa or whatever, Yeah, where you're getting answers to your questions in real time. So as a media person, you know, that's a little bit like, Oh man, am I in coal mining? Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, how, yeah. I mean, you have to, and I think the answer is no, because I, I do think that storytelling and it's, it's what we were talking about before the show a little bit with why I'm attracted right now to looking at like long form content, like Jimmy's new movie, wildlife. And, that I think that those at this moment, those are the things only humans can yeah. do. Like these beautiful long form pieces of content that are deeply engaging. The listicles are dead in my yeah. opinion. You know, like totally. just anything that's sort of tactical, commoditized information is gonna is gonna go to this conversation you're gonna have with the platform. And that's sort of scary for anyone that that does make money off of views. Right. Yep. Um, and I don't know where that's all going exactly, but I think understanding that that is where it's going and using the tools is super important. So well, I really appreciate like NASA sharing that. I mean, yeah. my brain starts going, holy crap, I have, you know, 25 people who work in social here, right? That <laughs> sure could use, you know, opusclip.ai to help them gain more time in their day or be more effective. Yeah. I mean, we were texting the other night. I said, oh, try putting this. And I set a recommendation into the, you know, into that and see what it comes back with. I think it might be interesting. And then we were texting about a couple other things. And then she sent me a link to 15 videos while we were still, I mean, I'm still typing my next thought. And then yeah. the thing, the thought that I had about, hey, I think this could be interesting she sends me 15 videos with all with titles, um, uh, captions on screen, video edited in real time. They're in, it's in my text thread with her in single digit minutes. I haven't even completed my next thought. My thumbs can't move fast enough. And all these videos are edited and ready for download. And they're amazing. Yeah. And they're, they're freaking amazing. Yeah. So I, I think your point is very, very well made. And I, I hope that the people who are listening take away that there's work to be done here. If I was asked how to start, I would say start by playing. Just literally go to the app, start an account, use a free app, go to ChatGPT is a great simple one. There are, if, even if you ask ChatGPT, what did Chase Jarvis and Christopher Gerard say on the Chase Jarvis live show are the 10 most you know, important AIs that I should use that probably will return the answer. <laughs> and if not, then ask what are the 10 most popular ones you can go play with those. Most you can get free accounts and just literally start playing. And if you're, you know, an older adult, your kids and your grandkids will be blown away when you start to share some of these prompt that you are feeding into this thing. And if you can look at it as joyful rather than fear-based, I think that's an interesting um I think that's an interesting mechanism for engaging with this material. I think that's that's point one I want to make is just just how do I start? Just start. It's it's not scary. What's scary is the idea of starting. 
Um, and then thing two is we should at the same time, this is the part two that I never got to when you said, who are you paying attention to? I'm like, I'm looking at all my smart friends and I'm asking them to help direct my attention, which is going to experts, whether you do that on the internet or you pick up the phone or you have a FaceTime call like I do. And the other side is I'm also trying to be really smart about what what am I losing? Because these are not only upsides. There are downsides to these tools. And the disconnection that we have to source material and the joy of reading and discovering it in a in its original form as opposed to a summary that a computer-generated AI gave us, for example. And you can say, well, I don't like that. I don't want to read old novels to get the summary of, <laughs> you know, that's fine. But culturally speaking, there is a cost to this. And so on this aspect, I would like to point to a show that I had uh, just two weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, so you might need to look a little deeper in the archive for the podcast, but with Dr. Anna Lemke from Stanford. Now, Dr. Lemke, uh, you, you know, she is one of the world's foremost leading experts. She's a doctor of psychiatry at Stanford, and she looks at the science uh, and the healing modalities of addiction. And she shares very vulnerably in our episode uh, an addiction that she had and how she, as a professor who studies addiction, she didn't even really recognize that she was addicted to something. And and she shared with us how she went through manifesting it. And it was a fascinating process. And I would ask those who are listening and watching right now, what in your life are you addicted to specifically in this technology sphere? Because we're talking about these tools as in like they're magical and they are, but there are certainly downsides just as there are down, they're very significant, demonstrated, demonstrable side effects to uh, social media use. And we see now what's happening to our kids and we see what's happening to ourselves. We reach for our phone an average of a thousand times a day or something, whatever the science says. It's off the charts. And the fact that dopamine is readily available, that it's everywhere in our ecosystem at all times right now, our central nervous system was not designed for that. So what is the cost of 24-7 dopamine? What is it doing to us, our kids, our friends? And I think that is an interesting thing because I want to know how to manage that proactively rather than finding out, you know, in 10 years that, oh my God, I've been the equivalent of huffing packs of cigarettes for the past 10 years, thinking that it was only good for me. So, um, Again, I, I, that episode with Dr. Anna Lemke is fascinating. I love it. I think it's very relatable despite her being so freaking smart. She does such a great job of bringing it down to earth. So uh, that's another thing that I'm thinking of with respect to all these tools. Um, you know, we, we went on last time about social media. Where is it going? Is it, you know, tiring? Mm. Is it painful? Whatnot. Um, I don't know if it's worth excavating mm. all that again, but I think that's, that's uh, something that we should not ignore. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear any of that. I was on Instagram. Just, uh, <laughs> Could you say that again? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you mind repeating that? I just was <laughs> scrolling. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I actually I think about this um, uh, a lot because I, I think actually I'm in my phone, um, you know, not just at work, but like at home quite a quite a bit yeah and it's certainly been noted by 
my seven-year-old and by my partner, Tracy, um, that, you know, it seems like I don't turn off really. Um, and I've, I think I definitely am looking at that and saying, well, look, just the, the fact is you're totally, you are addicted to this as a tool to stay connected and, uh, look at, I mean, we're talking about all this content that's out there about AI. Like I'm using the phone and social to try to find threads and, and not really turning it off. And especially when being present with, with other people you love, um, especially, you know, with like my, my children, I get two kids, like all those kids really want is like my attention. Yeah. And so when I'm, this is what's made me think of it recently, just, you know, it might even be casual. Oh, I'm just going to take a quick look and at this, or I it get a notification or whatever. And you're taking away from attention from something else. Like every time you give that platform attention and we know it's incredibly addictive and yet, and we talk about it. And yet I, I just, you know, sort of full transparency. Like I am having this conversation with myself right now and I'm not being very successful at the, some of the health protocols that we know, like our friends, Kelly and Juliet Starrett talk about yes. this in terms of good sleep and all these. And I'm still on my devices until midnight. I'm still on them. The minute I wake up, I'm still looking at them when I'm in the presence of other people who I love, like my kids and my wife. And that all is like an admission of just bad behavior in a way, but it's also like fully addicted for sure to the stimulus of it. And I mean, there's a, there's a ton of advantages, like there's strengths to social, like you can connect with other people sure. that you aren't in your presence. There's info sharing, there's business, there's, you know, the ability to punch into new markets and even cultural impact. Right. Yep. Um, those are all good things. And yet there's addiction, there's mental health issues and, and it's all well known. I mean, we're not yeah. talking about anything that isn't like out there in a huge way. I mean, it's yeah. literally being like, flipped over in Congress constantly right yeah. now, right? Well, this and is, sorry, this, this is what's interesting yeah. about Dr. Lemke is she's like, I am one of the leading people in the whole on the whole planet about this. And here I am. I'm right there with you. I'm stuck. I'm in an addictive behavior pattern with this particular thing. And I have to take a bunch of steps, very serious steps to change my behavior. That to me is bonkers. Mm. Right? What was she saying? Like was she doing the doing the like airplane mode or in a box when you get home or like, how do you, you know, I I see all these same things. It's like, it's forced like, Oh gosh, it's six o'clock. This thing goes away for the rest of the night. Right. And I can even honestly can not even imagine that right now because I'm so connected to work and I'm so connected to what we're talking about, about trying to learn. And the only way I know how to learn in an accelerated fashion is by being connected to my devices. Right. Um, I mean, I have Kelly and Juliet's book next to my night table in my nightstand. I've read three chapters. I was like, I'm going to read this every night. And yet yep. I don't because I'm on my dang, dang phone. Right. Yep. It's yep. just, uh, it's, it's definitely something like, you know, so what's next chase like, sure. what, when we think about this, like, cause there's definitely a movement of addiction yep. sort of, um, understanding. Yep. But then there are all those positive things about social too, 
right? Sure. So it's like, how do you connect with people via messaging apps? How does there more privacy, security? Sure. It's very, it's very, yeah. Dr. Lemke is super clear on this. There is a pattern that you have to break and you have to break it by turning it off. And in the turning it off, you will learn a bunch of things. <laughs> like you just talked about, you mm-hmm. can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And that is a great indicator. And that's one of the things she, I, I won't reveal the the addiction that she shared that she personally had, because I think you should go to the episode and listen to her talk about it. Mm. It's a fascinating episode. Um, I'll just say it's reading. And that sounds so like reading. Yeah. It sounds, mm-hmm. oh, oh gosh. how It's like, I'm addicted to being a good human. You know, it sounds like I'm right. addicted to the most, no, I'm addicted to, to green juices, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. But right. she goes into how harmful it was where she was choosing that over her family. She was reading in private, like at parties and stuff. So it, it is kind of interesting. Right. And consuming. consuming, it's consume. It's, a, it's yeah. like a consumption. And it really, it, it really boiled down. Yeah. It really boiled down to dopamine. Like she was seeking dopamine mm. and this is what the device gives us 24 mm. seven. And so there is a, a, you know, a foundation that she talks about is just intentionality. You become aware, then you become intentional about your behaviors. Um, and she's got a, a, a prescription on how to manage it. Part of the things that I'm thinking about, again, that's what we're trying to get here in the show is, so what is the opposite of being subservient to the devices that we've built to help us Mm. is intentionally doing other things. And, you know, my favorite thing in the world that I have learned as an adult, I would say, is that the only thing we truly have in this life, I truly believe the only thing is our attention. And so learning how to direct it is the most valuable thing that we can do to be the boss of our own attention, our own spotlight, what we choose to focus on. It has everything to do with our mental health. It has everything to do with our ability to connect and be connected with, to love, to, um, we choose what we're going to create in this world because the biggest act that we can do in this life is not creating a thing, but creating a masterpiece of our life. It is a creative act. And all of that fundamentally distills to attention. So I'm writing about right now um, our attentional budget, how to manage attention rather than manage time. And it is, I'm finding it to be very powerful, um, almost an emotional journey that I'm on in writing this stuff because you start to realize how much, you know, when you give away something, your attention, it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, suffering in Buddhism, for example, it's, everyone will suffer. It's, 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 um, (laughs) it's, it's not optional, but how can we reduce it? And being masterful with your attention. Are you thinking, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago about, you know, did you have a bad day or just a bad five minutes that then you let affect you for the rest of the day? So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about, um, another, gosh, so much of my life, I guess, revolves around the podcast, but the art of gathering, gathering. I mean, you not too long ago hopped on a plane and came up and we went up to, you know, up to the islands at our beach house and we hung out in person. The Art of Gathering by uh, Priya, Par- mm. Priya Parker, which is an amazing episode. Remember what it means to be together in presence and just being together, even if it's at a wedding, for example, we, there are so many underwritten things about what a wedding is supposed to be. And yet the art of weddings is changing. You want to be, you know, maybe reverent of tradition, but, you know, chart your own path and how intentional are you being when you are together? 
the fact that we're together less because we're connected more when we're away means we're actually not gotten kind of clumsy at gathering. So I'm looking, I at, love it. I'm looking I love at how it. can I be masterful? And you know, this, this has been one of my pillars forever is getting people together and creates fascinating, interesting things, whether this is something I capture on film or in, you know, this is where the show actually started 15 years ago, you know, it was getting together physically and talking about interesting topics. Like this was before podcasts were a thing, right? So I guess that's the punchline for how I'm, I am responding to the knowledge that is coming out about social media. I'm working on directing attention and gathering, which are essentially largely the opposite of, of uh, being isolated on our devices. No, I, I think it's so important and it coming out of COVID and isolation, forced isolation of that too. You know, I think it's these themes we've talked a little bit about like the future of work and how, you know, what, why do you go into an office? Like it is really about the gathering social connection you know, creative collaboration that comes out of that. And I'm so with you on some of the work I'm doing at outside right now is really about the fundamental aspects of these communities that are yep. really important in the outdoors, like, like climbing and skiing and snowboarding and the yoga community and, you know, the mountain biking community that the gatherings that, we can be a part of um, are really fundamental to the content that we then create and put out to the rest of the world. Like that it, it, it is about that human connection that you have on the ground actually at gatherings. Mm -hmm. And in our case, like we're really want to, we're doing those outside. Right. Um, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of health aspects to that too. But those I'm, it's a, I'm a big proponent of it like we are a digital media company fundamentally, right? But I feel really strongly that supporting and being a part of events, like for instance, at over Memorial Day weekend, I'll be at Mountain Film in Telluride. And I'm trying to create this gathering, just like you're saying, where people you know, from different parts of the community can come and connect with one another and being in the center of that is so, it feels so great, <laughs> yeah. right. To be in, in, and, and that is something that, um, I, I, I love that focus and I love that the, the way that you described like budgeting your attention, mm. um, you know, to me, it's a, the analogy there is like the same thing. You can control what you put in your body, right? Like yep. you can control what you consume yep. and, you can get trapped with addiction with that too. Like you can get addicted to like the, the sugar and the, mm -hmm. the, you know, junk food, um, or you can be intentional and it is not an easy, it's easy to talk about. It's really hard to do, but I think, I think that that's such a great focus. Mm. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what you come up with that. One of the things that I've, I've, you know, and I know you're, uh, have been a proponent of this and experienced it, but like going outside of service, like moving <laughs> into like areas that you don't have service, because what I found is it's actually the connection to the internet. That is the thing that drives dopamine, mm -hmm. not 
so much just screen time. Like if you're in a place where you cannot instantly access information. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting distinction. Appe- appe- yeah. Yeah. Well, I've experienced it going, I go camping with my son to this place. that's not so far outside of Boulder here called Lake Wellington. It's not that far away, but for, it is almost impossible to get a cell phone signal there. Um, so I'm not going to say that there's no screen time there because we might still, he and I watch Star Wars in our van, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but the disconnection from the internet creates this when you are so addicted to, oh, I wonder, I wonder what is going on here or what's going on there or what. When did Star Wars, or, when did Star and, Wars come out? What year? Right, what can I tell right, Jackson? What right. year? Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, if you've had that experience of being someplace where no one has service and someone says, who is in that movie? And every, you literally will spend an hour, everyone going into their own computer brain and trying to remember something. And it actually feels like a flex Mm -hmm. when you are not connected to the internet and it's, it's a digital cleanse. It's like, it's a defragging. Conrad Anchor calls it defragging, like, Mm -hmm. like you would with a hard drive. Like Mm -hmm. you literally have to disconnect from it go out into a place where you don't have now if you can force that if you're disciplined enough as as you know you're describing where you can put that in a box and, but a good way to start that what i found is go literally just take it away like go to a place that and there's not many left mm-hmm. you know where you cannot get service and i mean i'm a huge proponent obviously i work for outside of being outdoors yep and going into the outdoors as a health sort of you know, uh, practice, if you can find a place where that is, is, you know, the case, um, it's, it's helpful. Like you said, to if you get three days being disconnected from the internet. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. You're just like, you actually, what I would say is this is not even like sort of a metaphor. It's like, I feel human Yeah. when that happens. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just feel actually like an organism, like a biological organism that's been in touch with and present with what's going on around me because I cannot chase my own monkey mind into every rabbit hole that it might want to explore or spelunk, yeah. you know? And so that's a, I love that. I love all that to the theme of where you put your attention and, you know, budgeting that attention um and and hey go camping with friends yeah off the grid getting outside <laughs> i honestly i love that 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 is the that is the mission that you're focused on right now and again we've worked together in so many capacities over the last two decades and i'm excited and proud that you're doing that at outside and you know i i love when we get to do brand collabs together and whatnot um because i believe very much in that and i'm always quick to you know, m- m- many people who are listening or watching right now might forget that that's basically probably why people are aware of my work at all is because I was telling stories about what it was like to be someone who was documenting the outside world, like whether that was, you know, skiing, snowboarding, fly fishing, climbing, adventure, like that was how I got my start on the internet. And I brought that storytelling, you know, to this, you know, this new media type and it's a big piece of my past. And it is the thing when I think about the relationship we have our devices. And if we trace our conversation going backward with Dr. Lemke and what can we do, like unplugging and getting away for a day, a week, a weekend, 
is absolutely game changing. And I'll tell you a quick, a quick anecdote, a quick story about that is, so I got a new phone the other day. Um, and my other one, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that does not use a case. I have never put a case on my iPhone. Yes, they break. I'm happy to buy them or pay for, you know, Apple care or whatever, because I don't like how it just the extra bulk. My phone was completely shattered. I was getting glass on my hand. My wife's like, you know what? It's not really a lack of being able to afford this new phone. Why don't you just go get a new phone? I got a new phone. It was great. Plugged it in, charged it, loved it. Everything was perfect. I woke up the next morning and my phone was a brick. I got out of bed. It was like, it wouldn't turn on. It was absolutely dead as a doornail. And I had a whole day of plan. It was a very busy day. This is just a few days ago. And I'm like, oh my, like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I went, I, I had to literally go to my laptop, open it up, look at my calendar, write down the things because some of them were going to be, I was going to be connected to the internet and some of them I was not, write down all the places and things I had to do. And then I went about my day and it was absolutely extraordinary. It was a pain in the ass in many aspects, but this went on for a day and a half. I finally was able to resolve the issue. Uh, and yet there was something that was absolutely beautiful about that time. There was a fear when I left. I was like, what if my car runs out of gas? What if uh, I, you know, I'm running late and I can't tell the person that I'm supposed to be there at one o'clock that I can't get there till 1.30? Like all these things went through my mind. That was, turns out, it was just largely catastrophizing, which is a, an act that we do as humans, that most of it was for naught. And in the end, I felt much freer. And this brings me to, I would like to point to Dr. Esther Perel um, about, I, I've recently discovered her sharing a lot about this art of discovery, which is what one of the things we have lost with technology. And like, just think, you know, you're on Spotify, the next song is recommended. You're on Netflix, the next movie is recommended. You, the, the recommendations that you get from your friends via a quick text message, that's super heartfelt and thoughtful. And I have friends that send me playlists and I share those with my, you know, my weekly email newsletter or whatever. That is, there's a currency there. And yet, if you are only getting recommendations, where is the art of discovery? And the process, it is not, there's not no benefit to looking at something, finding that it doesn't serve you, and then looking beyond that for something else. That is actually an amazing characteristic to have. What if you're in the wild? Let's take this back to caveman. You're looking at, I'm going to try this berry. Ooh, this berry tastes, something's wrong with this berry. This berry is like, maybe it's poisonous or it's not ripe or whatever. I need to go look for a different berry. The act of registering something, deciding if it's for or not for you, moving on to look for something that's, you know, that's more optimized or healthy or fill in the blank upside is a very human behavior that we are actually losing. And that is not without consequence. So again, uh, Esther Perel, um, famous, mm. famous relationship I'm, psychologist. I have this image of you, um, eating different berries <laughs> in the wild and uh just I'm like yeah i want to see that i want to see me, me naked on a blanket berry. yeah dude right <laughs> the, the art of discovery with chase jarvis this berry bad um yeah no i think 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, it's really is interesting to think about the fact that the iPhone is only 16 years old. Yeah. Only like, cause we're old, but most of our life was certainly our formative years all the way through college. Right. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't sent an email, right. Coming out of high school. Right. So that's a, and it, just how, how rapidly the, the aggregate of information has accelerated to the point that we feel that we really need that curation because mm-hmm. it's over. It's so overwhelming otherwise. Yeah. And I, and I don't think we're built. I've actually had this conversation with, with Robin Thurston, who's the, the founder and the CEO here, you know, where he really fundamentally it's, it's part of the mission is that he really feels that we are in a space to, you know, I think probably a, a little bit like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, Lemke, um, on a Lemke. Was, yeah. Yeah. On a, on a Lemke. Um, that we're not built for this. Like we are not biologically built for the amount of information that Mm -hmm. is coming into, into our eyeballs and into our brain on a daily basis. And it's, it is doing some harmful things, um, to especially those who are coming up in it. You and I have the benefit of having most of our life, a, a full third or little less quarter of our lives are, has been post iPhone. And so that means three quarters of our life, at least, was the art of discovery, as yep. you're saying. Like, it was yep. more about like walking into a library, and the the sort of that process. Um, I mean, the card catalog, right? Like everything's so slow and ridiculously so in comparison to how you can access information now. And there's so many huge upsides to that. Yeah, but there's also a cost to it. I think to your point on, we are sort of becoming less human and connected to how we actually feel, how our bodies feel, how our minds, how we connect each other. And I mean, there's that that great Harvard study just came out where it's been cited a bunch, even by Huberman, I think it's like all here are the things you really need to have a healthy existence, right? Like you need to sleep enough, you need to move, you you know, all of the things that we've sort of in the canon of fitness, but the, the, the sixth thing that they keep talking about now is the actual biggest factor for happiness, longevity, everything is connection with other human beings. Yep. Right. That that is the number one thing is a predictor of, yeah. Predictor of longevity is also connection. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's to, to, and how do you have that connection if you are spending so much of your time connected to like the infinite information that comes in through that screen, you know, that is the, the sort of the collision of health, I think. And, you know, so I, again, I like the way I really try to practice that is go outside and, you know, hike or climb or ski. And I think that's why people love those activities and they, they get addicted to those activities to a degree because Mm -hmm. of the flow and the feeling that they get. I mean, you're, you're really going through a, a total renaissance right now with golf, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that being a, a focus in your mind and body that like, I would imagine that that focus that you have when you're practicing, like literally just practicing, not even on the golf course, right. Yeah. Is a flow state of disconnectedness from that constant barrage of information that is in your pocket all the time. 
for sure. You know, I mean, this is all really, I mean, tons of people are talking about this, but you know, it's sort of, what are the, what are the actions? And I, I do think that, you know, mindfully trying to put it away is something I'm just, I frankly have not been successful with. So mm. I have to actually disconnect myself by finding other activities that win. Yeah. Well, that's part of the process. It's part of the process is actually, it's like the replacement theory. Like you don't just like take the bad thing out. You replace the bad thing with something that's healthier. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and then you, it's like the triggering behavior that you see when you would normally reach for this, you reach for that. And the, that becomes something that is a positive thing for you. And you're not just substituting one for another. You know, and again, I'm not the professor of addiction like Dr. Anna Lemke is, but uh, what if you say that you're not being successful, there are some very, you know, fundamental steps that you can do that, that again, that episode with Dr. Anna lays out and you can get this information elsewhere on the internet, but now I got to check that out. I want to, yeah, I want to hear that for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, re- it's really powerful. I feel like the, um, to wrap, I guess to put a bow on that last chapter of this topic is it's very important for me to be clear for listeners and the, the, you know, community who's paying attention to the show right now that we're sharing this stuff because like these are, again, A, you've asked, like, what are the actual challenges that you and your peer group, Chase, are working on? That this is a very specific and very prominent topic that are, it's a part of almost all of the conversations that I'm having. So these are, we're, with the goal here is not to lament. We're not losing. There's an awareness process that, ah, we have to change. I had a, I heard a great quote the other day and I'm trying to remember who it was from and I can find that out. I will in a second. And it was essentially, Oh, it was Kelly. Speaking of pain is the message that we need to change. And we are experiencing change. You're talking about the pain that you, you know, feel when you are on your device at home and Jackson's asking if you can come play, you know, throw a ball in the backyard or whatever, like pain is a message to change. So you know, this last, you know, 30 minutes has been about what are some of these messages that we're receiving. And the takeaway is not like, oh, woe is me. The takeaway is that this is the pattern throughout human history. Messages have been coming in. We adopt, we adapt, adopt, adapt, and we change so that we can get out in front of this stuff and have a happy, healthy, fulfilled life. So, you know, I think the goal of the show hopefully is being met with an awareness that, oh, cool, these are some things and we need to change. And if you can get ahead of this change, both with the adoption, the understanding, the knowledge around, you know, AI tools and our awareness and connection or the destruction that technology may be having and how can we reverse and or change and substitute those things. Outside is an amazing place. (laughs) Like literally, you mentioned, you know, my fascination with golf and on the surface, it might seem very trivial, but it came about like it, it is very related to all these things. I set a goal two years ago. I realized that I was basically um, working. And what people don't know is um, that I, as an example, that there were six years when I didn't set foot in a grocery store. I had a person whose job it was to do all my shopping. This was before the pandemic. So there weren't people to do this for you. But I had a, a full-time person whose job was to, you know, it was a personal assistant role. And I didn't, didn't do a load of laundry. 
I didn't set foot in a grocery store. I did, and the rationale was I wanted to, the way that it made sense to me, I was passionate about and good enough at, at doing my job and making money that I would rather do that and then pay for the things that are, or outsource the aspects of my life that didn't sound appealing or weren't channeled to that one thing. And I started to get disconnected, what I realized. And, you know, that was the start of it. And that went on for years and years and years. This is going to come back to golf. So follow me here. Um, I also realized. I'm just, I'm just so, so proud of you now out in the wilderness picking berries like, <laughs> as compared to where you were. You know, you've come so far. So I've come so far, so connected. And yet, <laughs> and yet I, to a few Januaries ago, it was like, I am radically disconnected from my male friends. This, I yeah. and love- that's the whole thing. Just to, I, I, to bring, I just to interrupt you for one sure, second because sure. like where where you were <coughs> where you were at that point was very mindful, and it's actually was like especially at that point it was like really in vogue for an entrepreneur, which is focus, focus, focus. Like mm-hmm. do not do not mow your own lawn. Do, I mean everything you can outsource. Like focus on the thing that is actually the thing that you are trying to achieve. Right. And that's a discipline. And it's, if you have the means and that's actually, a, it's a, it's a technique that is, can be really effective. It's yep. interesting for me to hear how that, how you woke up and sort of one day realized like, wait a minute, there's a cost again, yeah. you know, there's a cost to, to that. And so sorry to interrupt, but it's no. just, that is, I mean, that it's not like you're the only tech entrepreneur in the world that, that made those decisions, right? Right, That said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to outsource everything in my life. It's the whole Steve jobs, black turtleneck thing, right? Like low information diet, break it down so that all I do is focus on my company. Right. And, and the things that drive that growth. So it's, it's a technique that you were, you got really, really good at it. Well, this is also why I'm circling back on the golf thing, because I, as a part of that, I got very disconnected from my male friends and, so I say specifically male friends because I was, hey, cool. My my female friends or family friends, I will say, <clears throat> I would make extra effort there because it was more difficult for me to explain away my time or how I wouldn't be paying attention or connecting with them. But my male friends that I've known for 25 years, they're like, you know, Mike's going to be cool. I'll just call him again when I, I'm like, Hey dude, I'm fucking buried. I'll come up for air in a couple months and we'll get together. Like it was never a thing. And that's, that's fact. That's, you know, from maybe mm-hmm. my guy circle of friends are like, Oh yeah, man, do what you gotta do. We'll see you when you come up for air. And I realized that that was, I was just continuing to put that off. So I'm like in January when I'm setting new goals, I was like, cool. I'm going to reconnect with my male friends. And come July, I had not done that. July was my birthday. I do a review of my birthday about how I'm doing on my year. I was like, oh my God. I ended up buying a set of golf clubs because it was a simple vehicle for me to get together with Mm. my my male friends Mm. for four hours uninterrupted. And again, whatever golf looks like on the surface to you, it actually is a very, very hard and interesting strategic game. It's very t- challenging athletically. I ended up getting very excited about it. And what I have come to find out in the two years that it has absolutely strengthened my male friendships. I spend four to five hours a couple times a week uninterrupted, not on my phone, with my male friends outside. 
It is it's healthy. It, it sounds very, it, very healthy. It checks so many boxes. And there's all kinds of, there's an, uh, an ecosystem that I'm happy to share more about later, but th- that I'm interested in. I think the golf is, golf game is changing. It's being becoming more inclusive. And, um, and frankly, it looks a lot like photography looked 20 years ago mm-hmm. when I got interested in photography, largely white, largely male, largely affluent, largely, you know, all these things. And mm-hmm. part of my vision with getting into photography was make it more accessible, make it so that the best camera is not some fancy thing. It was the one you have with you, that there are no secrets, that data and information moves freely. It's more inclusive, blah, blah, blah. And I think I was helpful in that mission and vision around photography. I think there's an interesting universe for me and golf because of the gifts that has given me. So I don't care where, and the message here that I'm trying to send is that to be intentional with some of these factors, being physical, moving your body, being outside, spending time with people you care about, um, connection, like all of these are antidotes or rather um, accompaniments that we need to include if we're going to get the benefits of all these other tools for our professional Mm -hmm. lives, for in the way that technology and yeah. and culture and science it goes right moving. back to what you were saying about like that 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 budgeting of attention yeah i mean it, it, and I, that's such an expansive topic and it, you know where so where i go sometimes with this is discipline versus motivation right mm. and you're talking about things that require some discipline even if it's like it requires discipline to say I'm going to go have fun with my friends for four hours because actually like disconnecting from the thing you're working on, the obsession that you currently have, whatever it is, you know, and the reading that go as, as, as you were noting, like the reading and the research and the sort of diving into the work that happens for so many people, it takes some level of discipline to say, no, I go and I, I'm going to go golfing. A lot of people would be like, Oh, it sounds like it's real tough, rough yeah, life, man. Right, right. Totally. But it, 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 it is, it's like, it's that discipline of, you know, how do you take care of yourself and the people around you and make sure that you're connecting mm-hmm. and putting attention. And I, you know, frankly, like I've said a bunch of times, like I'm lacking, I have discipline in certain areas of my life and I'm really lacking discipline when it comes to some of those those aspects of like disconnecting yeah. from the internet um, and finding those moments of flow. I really tried it. Like I have a pretty good discipline practice every Sunday morning. My brother and I hike bear peak here in, in Boulder. It's an amazing chance that he and I have, we go, you know, pre sunrise, we get, it's a solid three hours, sort of like golf where we're yep. just having a conversation. We get some exercise and it, if we don't do it, we both sort of feel yeah. Like we've missed something important, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I mean, I, I just that, that whole sort of con- conflict of what motivates you versus like having the, the discipline to get above what motivates you because mm-hmm. motivation is a funny thing. Like no matter how motivated you are, eventually you lose that motivation. I, sure. I have found. Yeah. Like that's... at some point you're like, eh, like I don't want to, you know, if you golf every single day for yeah. a year, you'd be like, I'm not really motivated to golf. I mean, you even see some of the posts, this, some of me on social media, but like the posts about this season, the ski season. Yeah. 
it's it's been this record season it keeps going keeps going winter has never it just like does not stop in places like utah even colorado and even the most diehard skiers that are are like i'm tired i'm sort of over it <laughs> yeah i'm tired i'm sort of not really motivated like i've had so much powder skiing like again rough life but that so eventually the point of that is just like motivation runs out and it has to be replaced with some mindful intention mm-hmm. like you were talking about of where you put intention for that attention in yes. some disciplined way. Easy to talk about, much harder to do, but I do try to bring that. I do think that that comes back to practice in some way or another. Like if you're practicing intention and giving yourself the space, those things start to become easier, right? Instead of just diving right in, I find the days that, that I feel most discontent are the days that I dive right into my phone and the, and the, the cacophony of information versus sitting down and maybe like intentionally writing for even five minutes and just saying, where, where am I trying to go? What am I really trying to do here? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So, 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 so true. And you have been kind and thoughtful and vulnerable in saying that you're, these are things that you're struggling with. And I want to be clear, like I'm sharing the fact that, you know, that I had a, you know, a team of personal <laughs> work support that I didn't grocery shop and I, you know, didn't make my bed or whatever the, like, I don't want to, it's sort of like the interview question, like what's your biggest weakness? Well, I'm too organized. Like, I don't want to come off as that to be right. clear. These were, right. this became a problem for me. This was an awareness of yeah, and it was my intentional. life. For sure. My, at that time, it was intentional and it served a purpose. And then I realized that I'm becoming disconnected. I will tell you also privately, one of my favorite things to do now is stand quietly in my room and fold a load of laundry. Just, yeah. I, I mean, it is, it is an act of awareness for me. I'm just doing that quietly, peacefully, and it's very, very different. And it's uh, it's very important for me to be clear that this came because there were some other catastrophic experiences that I was having, realizing the value of attention that had been lost. Yeah, I, was not, yeah, not I think there's a business attention. there, Chase, because there are people who really want their laundry folded and <laughs> you could intentionally do that for that. I think that might be your next move. We, little, we, little laundry folding. we are going to make hundreds together with you uh-huh. as the strategist. I, I, uh, NASA, can we set up the AI to get a business going for Chase where he folds other, other people's laundry for eight hours a day intentionally? Yeah. Sorry, I'm poking fun, but uh, no, I'll take it. I'll I love take that it. idea. I, what I all, you know, that actually in a, in a weird full circle way, that helped me just now. I was like, I wonder what you know, when we feed this transcript into the AI, what will, what will, um, what will the title of this episode, what will be most resonant or what will the AI's top ranked titles be for this show? Because, you know, if I was to extract what I think the main principles are, it's like, it's something around, like how ought we leverage all of the benefits that are out there in the world to our benefit? Because if we do not make them a benefit for us, 
we could easily they could easily become a liability. I don't I don't know what it is, but like how to manage the benefits out of the liabilities or there's some some um you know, again, I'm I'm this is in part what I'm the book that I'm trying to write and I'm curious as hell how we can because this is a creative act, right? Our the act of creating a life. It's a very very creative act. The way we get good at it is by creating in small daily ways that helps us understand that we can create with a capital C the life that we want. But I'm fascinated because I don't know anyone who doesn't feel a lot of these feelings that we're covering in the show and anyone who has very clear solutions. And so I'm trying to put together a clear solution. I wonder what the AI is going to say. Mm. Wonder what the AI no, is going to say. No, I love that. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that like one of the most powerful things that that was has been said in this is when NASA said, you know, and you too, like hours in, into minutes, like if you talk about attention and intention with your attention, you know, can we, to bring these, all these disparate themes together, if you could learn to use that thing, all of these things, the stack of AIs to the extent that you can save some time intentionally, you know, can you then fill that time with, uh, golf or with a hike or with getting outdoors and disconnecting. I mean, that seems like really utopian to, and maybe sort of trite, but it it is, if we're talking about like on the one side, we're saying like, we need to disconnect to be healthier. On the other, we're saying you really need to do research on AI to understand how this works. Right. Well, the irony is not lost on me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But can you say, Hey, you know what, actually I'm going to use that AI to set screen time limitations. Shut, you know, shut my phone off from six to, to 10 till bedtime. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, these are just riffing on mm-hmm. how do these, how do we live in a, in a world that is, will only become more aggressive in terms of information and screens to a degree. Mm-hmm. How do you live in a, in that world in a way that has some intention about your attention? Um, it- I really like that little jingle, intention, attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've been playing with it. It's been both joyful and maddening. <laughs> I'm like a dog chasing its tail many times on that one. But there's, you know, in the same way that we realize that having um, a part of, uh, I shared, I think, in a previous episode that after basically being crazy fit and injury free for, you know, more than a decade, I hurt my knee and then hurt my foot ankle on the same side as a result of the knee and sort of had a little downward spiral there. I've shared on social, um, you know, some that I've been working out pretty aggressively again. And, you know, I just, it, it, I felt like, Oh my God, like I'm getting fragile. And I think part of this Mm. is how to be anti-fragile in a world where there's, you know, so much change happening. What are the ways that we can um, protect ourselves from the downside and get the most out of the upside? And that's, you know, maybe that's the bow that I'm looking for with this, with our conversation today. I, I don't know. I'm, the AI is going to do a much better job of, of yeah. summarizing no, like, it. I'll be, yeah. Can you, once you and NASA do that, work yeah i think it would be cool to put that in the intro on you'll hear how we came up with this title Mm -hmm. you know um because what is the thematically we've we've 
driven through AI, we've driven through social media addiction and screen addiction, driven through your whole sort of these underpinnings of your book around attention and how to budget that. You know, how does that all get wrapped up, like you said, into a, one title? So I am very excited to see what the title will be and how, how viral it's going to go. It's mm. going to be crazy. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to um, widen our aperture every once in a while. And I, every show can't be that, right? That's why we have guests that are specifics around addicted behavior or the art of gathering or mm-hmm. like Kelly and Juliet. Again, I got, I sh- we should take a second. Maybe we run through a few things here, uh, a few just like hot takes um, on mm-hmm. some things yeah, that, are, yeah, that have, totally. have our attention. Um, we've mentioned this several times. Um, the, you know, Juliet and Kelly's book. Um, there are a couple other things that I feel like are worth us taking a lap, a lap through. Um, so I'll start off by saying built to move. We had Julie or we had Kelly. I, did, I wish we had Juliet on the show as well. Um, because she's brilliant. Uh, that's, that's, uh, Kelly's wife, Juliet, but I had Kelly on the show. We talked about his new book, Built to Move. I called it in my email newsletter. Um, if you're not subscribed, it's chasedrivers.com slash email. Uh, the, the best single book on physical health that I have read, and I think that because it simplifies. If you're like me, you know I have so many friends who are cutting edge and all this shit, and there's always – there's always a new thing. There's always a new supplement. There's always a new technique. It's fasting. It's super loading. It's, you know, there's always, always something. This is just like, here are 10 vital signs that you should be able to right. do these things physically. And, you know, here are some metrics to hit those. And this is a great judge of you're healthy or not. Super brilliant. Yeah. Book. And it's, it's built amazing. What, what, yeah, it is. Yeah. Built to move. You got to ch- mm-hmm. check it out. Like, We've, you know, I met Kelly actually and Juliet through you with the, those initial courses at, at Creative Live. He and I met in the airport when we were both leaving Seattle and we've been friends since then. And I've worked with them a lot on all their books. They have so many books. They have Becoming a Supple Leopard, Ready to Run, Deskbound, you know, all of these books that they basically distill, all of them bestsellers, they've mm-hmm. distilled down into these 10 essential habits of just you know, simple things. You should be able to sit down on the ground and stand back up mm-hmm. without, you know, using a cane or, or somebody's hand. Right. Yep. And I, I think that they've really distilled it down to, um, into the, the basics where it's not just, uh, you know, professional physios that, um, get it. It's like, it's something, it really is a book that anyone can pick mm-hmm. up and, and, you know, back to those disciplined approaches, like, if you can't sit down and stand up off the ground, like you got some work to do without using your hands. That's the key, right? Like that's flexibility in your hips and your back and whatnot to be able to do that and your balance, for example. So highly recommend that that's a zinger that I think we should uh, make sure makes the show notes and uh, people know that we're thinking what we're thinking of. Um, You mentioned, I think it'd be good to highlight uh, our mutual friend, Jimmy Chin's new movie. Why don't you go ahead and take that one, CJ? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, totally. Um, just a, another beautiful film by Jimmy and Chai um, for Nat Geo about the Chris Tompkins story, her story of really, it's like the, the 
birth of the outdoor industry as we know it to a degree. It takes you through that, like how the North Face was founded by Doug Tompkins, how, you know, Yvonne Chouinard founded Patagonia, their ethos, their ethos even at that point of, of you know, really respecting the land and how over like a 30-year period, well, even longer, but the last 25 years, how she and Doug had this mission of really preserving massive parts of Patagonia and Chile. And just that story, um, you know, it's a, it's a love story between Chris and Doug. As people might know, Doug Tompkins passed away in an accident in 2015. It goes through that. It's like heart wrenching. And in the end, you feel incredibly inspired to do more on mm. how much impact we can have in this life. Uh, and that's what those Jimmy and Chai do so masterfully is they take these incredible outdoor stories and they, they bring this theme so that you leave feeling wow, like the impact that these people had, you know, she in particular, it, millions of acres have been preserved in Chile, in Patagonia, in the surrounding area, because of really because of their work. Mm-hmm. And it's all built into a beautiful 90 minute package that's worth going and seeing awesome. in the theater. You know, if you've seen Free Solo or Meru or any of the movies, The Rescue, yeah. any of their movies. So just, uh, and, and AI cannot do that yet. <laughs> you know, AI cannot build a film um, that has that much, that's just so masterfully put together from an art perspective. Um, yeah. So it's really cool to see them. It's already doing really well. Um, you can find it uh, in theaters now. Uh, it's in select theaters, like in LA and San Francisco and Bo- you know, it's in Boulder, it's in Denver, it's in New York. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. I have seen it and it is beautiful and makes you feel like you should get up off your butt and do more to help the planet. And to be clear, if this is, these are the makers of the Academy Award winning best documentary feature, Free Solo. So the, 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 yeah. if you like that film, I'm guessing you are aware of it if you're listening here, because we talked about that film in previous episodes. We've had Jimmy as a guest on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, that also is- to note that Chris Tompkins is on the cover of outside magazine this month. Wow. Time. So you can dig in yeah. deeper. Yeah. You can dig in deeper about her impact and the, this whole story. If you uh, get outside or you buy it on the stand or you just go online, you can, Awesome. Type that yeah. in and it'll come up. Jimmy, obviously amazing with the camera and Chai, obviously insane storyteller. Like she's just masterful with her ability to weave these things and together there as a husband and wife team there. It's just, it is just such a joy. Um, this would also be an interesting time. I will now flag uh, our mutual friend and my dear buddy, Ramit. Uh, Ramit Sethi has got a new series on Netflix. Um, he pinged me before it came out, asked me, what do you think about this thing? You know, am I crazy? And it is a hilarious and lovely show about personal finance. Um, it basically is uh, like Ramit acts as a mentor figure and there are multiple um, cases going on in the background where Ramit is meeting with usually couples to help them fix their finances. In, and hmm. it, it, it highlights how you know, it's a, our personal finances and our relationship with money is a very interesting and taboo topic and that we can all usually get much better at it through some very basic, uh, skills that he talks. It's based largely on his book. Um, I will teach you to be rich. Um, the series is called Mm. how to be rich. I think how to, how to be rich. I think it's actually, uh, 
how to get how rich. to get rich. Yeah, yeah. how to get yeah. rich. Anyway, yep. great series. Highly recommend it. Um, and you know, it's both fun and funny and like, hmm, yeah, that's, I could do a little bit better, a little bit better with that. And not that personal finance is super sexy, but um, if you, again, we've had Ramit on the show numerous times, um, some of our most powerful, I mean, I remember more than a decade ago, had him on the show and very, very popular guest. Um, so check that out. Um, oh, so broadly applicable to, so, every, yeah. you know, we all like try to figure out how to, how to uh, do better in that area. So um, yeah, I've, I've used some uh, from his book. I yeah. definitely still, I realize some of my habits are coming from advice that he, he put out on your podcast and in that book. And so I'm going to check, I haven't seen oh, yeah, that it's good. series. Yet. I gotta check that good. Out. Yeah. Eight episode series. And he's um, you know, in, on social, he's got a little edge that I love and that edge is, uh, it's still present, but it's a little softened in the, in the, uh, made for TV version here at Netflix. It's a, you know, cool to see a guy got a Netflix show. I, I, um, yeah, it's worth, worth checking out. Um, anything else if I'm going to, you know, hit the volley back to you on things you'd like to share, like hot takes. Oh man, I think I, we've covered so much. I, I love the themes. You know, I just keep coming back to what I'm going to, what I'm going to work on. We can talk about it next time. is like that idea of, you know, it's funny speaking of Ramit and, and this idea of finance, like how to budget your attention, right? Like how to sit down and, and I'm going to actually play with that. That's my commitment. I'm going to play with an AI generated attention budget mm. and see if I can get a, uh, just the same way you would with your, your personal finance. See if I can come up with like, you know, what's the perfect balance and then try to apply the discipline to that. Mm. So I would, that's where I'm going to go away and, and see <laughs> if I can figure, figure that out. But uh, man, I always love talking to you and um, I really learn a lot from these conversations, which is what I find. So hopefully other people find that interesting too, but that tech stack of AI stuff, like I, we're actually going to walk right out of this office and <laughs> talk to some people here about that. So thank you, Nasa, for helping. Are you back there? She's there. Yeah. Awesome. It's voice of God. Um, well, thank you so much for, for being uh, my co-host on today's show. Um, the, the feedback is really positive uh, from the last one that we did on our sort of uh, the style show. We're going to continue to have them. If you have ideas that you'd like us to consider in future episodes of these co-hosted um, shows of Chase Jarvis Live, please Share them on social. I'm, you know how to get a hold of me. I'm at Chase Jarvis. Uh, Gerard, do you like to be at Gerard? You're uh, at Rome. You I'm want to CJ I'm Rome. At, yeah, I'm, I'm at CJ Rome. Uh, and then at Get Outside is what we're doing here at Outside, which is is cool to put per all the stuff we're talking about. Like a lot of, a lot of great inspiring content to motivate you to get outdoors. Mm. Mm. Part of the. Uh, one of the places that I look for show feedback uh, the most in a mo the most focused way is my text community because I know they're super fans and they are very, very tuned into what we do here in the show. And if you are not yet a member of that, that's uh, all you have to do is text me. It's actually me on the other end of this. Uh, the first text that you get back is automated and everything else is me. It's 206-309-5177. If you've got some things you want to know about uh, the future, where we're headed, things we can do to become better humans, uh, go ahead and throw your ideas there uh, to a 
206-309-5177. Cool. Uh, Until next time, I really appreciate you and your time, my dear friend. I can't wait to see and spend some time with you again soon. And uh, anything else before we sign off? No, just a big thank you to you and NASA. This is a great conversation. And yeah, I look forward to to, uh, coming back another time if you have me. All right. Until next time, everyone out there in internet land, it's your uh, friend Christopher Gerard and Chase Jarvis. We bid you out there in internet land. We bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.